truth response. So it's just two of us today, guys. Again, uh, this is again. crap. Yeah, Mark, is. Mark the heretic. Maybe it's because I keep calling him a heretic. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like that very much. Um, and then Lizzie could be here. Hi guys, Lizzie. I'm Lizzie. Here I am. I'm here too. Yeah, Lizzie. Play a dragon game. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Can't you tell Lizzie's sick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's for sure sick. So we got Nick and I'm Derek and we're, sure? here. We're, we're here. We're um, here. So today, today I was thinking Ooh. on my ride into work um, about how I've started playing Dungeons and Dragons online again oh. uh, on the discords. Oh, and uh, I noticed two things this week that I didn't, I didn't really haven't thought about a lot, you know, hmm. and that's the two. There's two things that are 100 percent true about almost all humans, and that is that we're gonna die. They seek community, mm, right? Yeah, everybody seeks community in some form or another, and thing is they all seek to be the main character, and. Mm. By that I mean, you know, the, well, everybody knows what that means, I would think. It's, it's, they seek to be the one that's, it's all about them, right? The, the story of their life is literally all about them. And um, as much as that's kind of true, to some degree, I mean, it's, it's your life. Uh, man, that mentality leads us down a pretty rough road. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people that speak into our lives, and I mean, with the majority of of humanity that I've seen, those two things being true in their lives is it's pretty it's pretty hefty. Dude, it's right from the Bible. It's right in there. It's at the very beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, that works too. But God, God created a community. Because God is perfect community, right? Father, Son, Spirit, something we can't understand, uh, Trinity, you know, all that kind of right, stuff. Right. One God, we say three persons, but when we think of persons, we think I'm a person and you're a person. All right, so I heard something the other day. I kind of, because people have used, like, the ice, water. Ice, ice, baby. All that, right? Yeah. Water. But there, there is a, 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 place in which ice and water and uh, vapor vapor can all be found at the same time coexisting and it's at a certain pressurization and so a certain pressurization both a liquid a, a solid and a gas they they all the three same are, are able to exist in the exact same place at the same time. Not that one thing is all three of those, mm-hmm. but like the fact that at that place, vapor at 32 degrees or um, water at 32 degrees and ice are all mm-hmm. able to be at a certain pressure. I just thought yeah. that was crazy. I heard that the other Anyways, we're talking about the Trinity. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right, right away in the beginning, God, Trinity, in community, he creates, but he creates with the purpose of building image bearers who will therefore be in community with one another and with him. Right. With one another and with creation as well. 
So we're called to be commune with what he created for us as well. So, so yeah, I mean, it's one of the fundamental aspects of who we are. So you've got God's side of that, and then you've got the, the enemy side of that, which crept in, slithered in, and whispered to the humans, it's your, t- you, you will be like God, right? right? You will be the main character of the story. Yeah. How crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, you just uncovered a profound absolute that is so drenched in biblical understanding. Yeah. And, and you found, found it in Dungeons and & Dragons. Yep. Yeah. Dungeons & Dragons, man. Like, I, I, just, I don't know. I was thinking about that this morning. I, it's, it's true. It, yeah. it's, it's just so prevalent, too, and... It's kind of sad to be, that it's like our main focus a lot of times as as humans that it's all about me, you know. That uh, it can't it can't be all about anybody else, much less all about God. I mean, yeah. I would... You really have to make a conscious effort to take the back seat. Yeah. You know, you you really do. Like I, I don't know, there's that one I don't know if it's a ministry organization or a production company that calls that says I am second, right? And they play all those, you know, places where it, it's religious in nature, and they talk about how God is first and primary and all of those kind of things. And I don't know, God doesn't really call us to be second either. Well, I mean, but He does. I mean, if you think about it, like I mean, humanity is second, but it's greater for us to serve someone than it is for us to serve ourselves. Sure, right. Well, see, and I I like to go to the scripture of... Because for my struggle is, is not loving others. I mean, sometimes it's, like, tough for me to be like, why? You know, like, understand why people do the stupid things that they do. But, um, but my struggle is more the treating myself with love and respect. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't do that. I struggled there. And, I mean, it says love your neighbor as yourself. And so I know that that generally the takeaway from that is loving your neighbor as though you would love yourself is, is where, you know, you wouldn't have hatred for yourself. You right. know, you would, You're you not would take to, care of yourself. Yeah. It's right? a mental illness. Right. Or considered a mental illness right. when that's the case. Yeah, it's called depression. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of one of the many different names that, that could be tagged to it. But, uh but that's been my struggle in my life, right? Like, is the loving myself. I've, mm-hmm. I can look past a multitude of sins of others generally, mm-hmm. um, and especially when interacting with those people. Um, but when it comes to myself, it's like, mm-hmm. you are trash. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. And so I, I, part of that is, is also seeing Scripture as saying, like, hey, like, yes, you know, you, you're to love others in, in a biblical way, but... You're also supposed to be loving yourself, and that's okay to do, too. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. The tangents, man. That's, that's what I'm all about. I'm yeah. good at. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's... I, I think there is a fine line with all of that, and I always wondered that, too. That's one of those questions that rattled around in my head at one point was like, what if you don't love yourself? Like, right. What, what then? Am I supposed to treat other people like crap if i treat myself like crap yeah like no, is right. that is that really the way it's supposed to work out and i in in the text somewhere it talks about how you know you 
you still get up in the morning and you feed yourself and you tend to your very fundamental needs. And that is, in a way, loving yourself. And so, you know, we're called into that same place as well for others where we need to help address even the fundamental foundational needs of other people as well. So that's one of those things that even if you don't like yourself, you still do some form of self-care. Yeah, I, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the but then, then like you said, I mean, there is the the whole mental illness part of it right. too. Like, there's been plenty of days where I just I wanted to end it. You know, mm-hmm. I, not that I don't know. I I always had a little bit more self control than that, mm-hmm. but I mean, some people don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you think that. A lot of people, or you think that all people would be able to at least be like, "Don't kill yourself," because that, you know, ruins the whole self-preservation mentality. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of people in the world. I think that's shifting. I think that's becoming more normal. Mm-hmm. Self-hatred. What I mean, are the messages at, that you're inundated with? Right. Look at. I mean, it's. it's you're not as perfect as I am. Right. That is what you see all the time. Right. Is, it's is it's that, that. It's victim mentality on the other side of that too, which yep. is, you know, we're we are nothing better than, you know, whatever demographic we fit into. Like we we can't we can't claw ourselves any higher than that. It's almost like a caste system. Like yeah. when you think about how that's structured in. Uh, or Hindu or Buddhist, I think Hindus. Hindus are they the yeah, ones that do that? I think so. Yeah, where it's like you were you were born into this class, this caste, and so you, if you do really good, you'll go to the next one in this life, and then in the next life you'll go to the next one. If you do really bad, you'll go, you'll drop. But there's no like necessarily intermingling between those those levels. That's, those I think that's Buddhism. Okay, because you reincarnate in Buddhism until you get to the become perfect right i mean that's i guess so in that yeah you keep going until you become i don't know one with the energies of the world yeah whatever that is so um but yeah like it it almost feels like there's a lot of pressure on us culturally to to go back into that yeah like i i I I love that incredible statement that Martin Luther King made in his I Have Dream speech that, you know, one day we are to we will judge one another based on the content of our character and not on the color of our skin. Right. And it seems like maybe we were moving in that direction for a time and then we're like, mm, no, nope, let's not do that anymore. That yeah. was that's not cool. The irony of it though is the caste system we're we're being pushed and funneled into is not one the, of enlightenment, right? Like, mm, sure. whereas like the other one we were talking about, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism or whatever, um, those are you're a good person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you be good to all, and that's one of the things that pushes you into the. I mean, it's not based on, you know, how pretty you are, how whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's how zen you are, how peace at peace, how it how you know loving you are and mm-hmm. those sorts of things are what climbs you in this ladder in this ranking system what we're being pushed into now is more like yeah you don't fit what i like mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's a self-centered 
caste system, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying the other ones aren't broken to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, this is one that's, like, blatantly barely achievable, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just not. You just are, I mean, unless you are, you know, a solid 20 <laughs> out of 10, you're not you're not going to go anywhere, whether right. that's in brains, whether that's in looks, whether that's in, you know, your alphabet of choice um whatever that is like you if you're not you know way above and beyond radical in that area then you're looked at as worth less than those who are Um, it's kind of funny though because you know I i think about this statement a lot that if if everything's special nothing's special yeah you know and and we live in a place where everyone and everything is told that that it's special, right? Right. Like, you're, you're unique, which is a great thing. God creates us to be unique. But that because we're special, we're somehow elevated and set apart from the rest of the world and the people around us. And that's what I feel. That's what I feel and hear is kind of happening now. Like, you're special. You've got to be a part. Like, check all these boxes. And based on your answers, that is the group that you're in. And that group is special. And you, because you're a part of that group, then you've got to do, say, think, believe all of these things, these doctrines, uh, these ideologies of the world. And if you don't somehow check all those boxes and believe all those things, then you will be shunned and you've got no place. Yeah, it's almost like... Uh... <laughs> The being special equates in in their mind to more important, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. like this idea that like, oh, well, if I'm special, that means you're entitled to my opinions, right? Like, you mm-hmm. need to know what I have to think. Right. You need to know what I have to say. Right. You should listen to my beliefs. Right. You should listen to the things that I think should the way the world should be. Yeah. Um, it's funny because that's what we're doing. Yeah, to some degree. <laughs> Hopefully I mean, we're being more open than that, right? right? To some like degree. We're, we're, we're peeling some of the layers back on that and saying, you know, here's here's the what and why of, of how we think, and here's what the, the Bible says, which is which is what we recognize, and, and I would argue to the end is the absolute fundamental truth of and core of all humanity. I mean, it, it explains and describes things that no other religious book, religious text, religious understanding or ideology does or can. Well, I I, I hope that we come across as seeking the truth, sure. right? Not necessarily that we always yeah. have it, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But right. that we're also we're seeking the truth. That's the, kind of the point of all of this. And like with the arguments that we've had on here, debates, mm. whatever you want to call them, um, Depends who's talking. Depends on who's talking. I call them <laughs> arguments, though. So, uh, but the, those things that we've had, like we're we're earnestly seeking mm-hmm. what the truth in all of it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not saying I know better than you, even though sometimes it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that my views are more important because they're my views. I'm saying here is what. I believe the truth to be. And if 
you don't believe that's the truth. We should seek the truth together, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what, sure. you know, the the crowd. Yeah. Whatever you want the truth to be is right. what it is. And what, if other people don't I, agree with you, that's their problem. What I believe is reality. Right. Right. And that that doesn't that doesn't work mm-hmm. because there's a lot of a lot of people a little off kilter in this world that we wouldn't nobody would want to live by their reality mm-hmm. if we if we allowed that to just be reality we wouldn't want to live by that mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean it's not reality but you know what i mean mm-hmm. Just because you don't want to live by it doesn't mean it's not reality, right? I mean that's Christianity one hundred and one, right? Yeah, like I don't want I don't want to pay the ridiculous premium for gas right now, so I'm going to fill my tank up with canal water, right? And expect it to work, right? And then because ref- that's reality, and then refuse to pay that's your the reality. mechanic when they tell me I'm an idiot and they need to replace everything in my vehicle, right? Right. So, I mean that's ultimately where we're at, right? With with a lot of the arguments and a lot of the 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 pressure that's being put on by this whole my truth kind of thing, right. is none of it's objective. It's all subjective, and what I believe is true has like you have to accept that right. from me, even if it's damaging to our relationship, even if it's damaging to the world around us. And most importantly, even if it's damaging to me, you still have to accept it because at least in the here and the now, I this is what I believe is true, and therefore you're being um, hostile toward me if if you say, if you it's say anything, anything otherwise, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I mean that that's it. That's that's most of the world is living that way, and I think that if they took a minute, sat back, and thought about it they would be like, well, that's not the right way to live, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because look, look at anybody who does it, right? Like, if if they're the ones speaking the opinion, this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But anybody else speaking op- an opinion, they also have the right to say, no, you're an idiot. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, you have that right. But who said you were important enough to make that, right. you know, that statement, right? right? Um, kind of like the, the uh, oh, you know, being offended. Mm-hmm. Be offended. Right. I, that, what, what's that do for you? Right. You know, That's, what's that do to me? It doesn't yeah. do it. That doesn't do anything. You yeah. know, being offended only it's hurts not criminal. you. It's not criminal. So, I mean, that's that's one thing that crops up with all of this stuff is the oh you've offended me well i'm sorry you took it that way yeah like you could have taken it taken it as an opportunity to have a discussion you know or or to seek the truth with me uh but instead you just got offended i don't care (laughs) you know like i i can't help that it's funny the way this discussion is going. It makes me take the text even one step further. So in the beginning, God created that absolute fundamental truth. And we talk about how we have that longing inside of us for community. And that's what causes us to create groups and be members at churches and mm-hmm. um, start gangs and, you know, yeah. di- and, and take on this these identity 
politics that exists, right? I've got to be, am I conservative? Am I liberal? Am I left wing? Am I right wing? Am I, am I um, a Democrat or a Republican? Am I a man? Am I LGBTQ community or am I, um, you know, whatever, right? There's, right. there's, there's, there's always got to be a group that you're a part of. And so we have this desire for community that exists around us. And then we want to play the part. So that's where the enemy creeped in and said, Hey, you can be like God. Oh, okay, cool. So that means I can dictate the way this whole thing works. Yep. That still exists. And then phase three in all of that is the whole, my truth thing, which is where God confronts the man and the woman. And he says, what have you done? And the man says, well, the woman that you gave me, she was deceived and she took the fruit. And so here we are. And now I'm naked and ashamed. Right. Right. It's all then, your fault. Right. God. And then the woman does the same if thing. If you hadn't put this tree here, if yeah. you hadn't given me this woman, yeah. then none of this would have happened. Right. Right. Like, right. this is you. This isn't me. Right. That's what's true. Right. right. That, that's right. what's true to right. the. But the truth is. The dude, Adam, <laughs> truth right? Truth is, you had one job. <laughs> right. The truth is, you had one job and one rule to follow, and you broke that one rule, and you you messed up on that one job, right? So I was like, all right. So I found myself at the tree. I heard all the things that the serpent was saying to the woman that you created for me, right? To to be my helper in all of this. I watched all this go down. I watched her ponder it over. I watched her raise her hand. I watched her grab the fruit. I watched her pull it off. I watched her take a bite. I watched her put it in my hand. I watched myself put it in my mouth. And I thought, hmm, this is okay. Right? So I watched all that stuff happening. But you know what? If you wouldn't have put the tree there, or if you wouldn't have put the, the if you wouldn't have gave me that woman, like maybe you should have gave me a different one, then none of this would have happened. So it's your fault and her fault. The way I see it, I'm in the clear. Immediately. Why is this my fault? Like, why? Right. Why? me you know what have i done yeah that's and and i know i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before but i know like just kind of swirling around in our thoughts occasionally is like what if adam would have just been like dude i messed up yeah like what if he immediately when when god was when he asked the question where are you god knew exactly where he was like who told you you're naked god knew exactly what happened right what if he would have just fallen at the feet of of like the presence of God and been like, all right, so I messed up. Like the thing you told me not to do is the thing that I just did. And I really want to blame the woman and I really want to blame you right now, but I've got to be responsible for me in this moment. And I bear the weight of that responsibility and the repercussions in what, whatever. So whatever you think needs to happen right now, just do do what you got to do. It's kind of interesting because everybody, you know, talks about how like God can't be in the same place as sin and all this stuff, and I I think that's just pulling things out of out of thin air. To be honest with you, um, I mean, you can use the example of Satan goes to God and says, "Hey, Job, right?" And then you've got uh, Adam and God in the garden after sin, right? Like sure, it's not, you do. yeah. It's it's a separation as a punishment. It's mm-hmm. not a separation because he can't be in your presence. Right, like that's that's an interesting, you know. Theory. I think I there's mean, something on the other side of that though too, because he establishes that veil between humanity and and himself because of his holiness. But he I do- think it's he, because of his he he's. I don't think he does it out of judgment. I think he does it out of grace. Uh, yeah, right. Because he's like, well, 
if if you if you want me to be with you in your condition, it comes with punishment and wrath, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's my full presence with you, right? But he was in the presence of Adam in that first sin. Mm-hmm. Like he he came to them and said, "Yo, what's up? Mm-hmm. You know, like why? What have you done? You know." So it's not like he he can't be. Well, I, I guess we know. look at Jesus in the same way too, right? Yeah, Jesus is God, right? Jesus existed amidst sinful humanity well, for I mean, the better part of thirty years. So is the Holy Spirit. Holy and Spirit he dwells same inside of, of yep. each of us as as believers, right? Like, yeah. So there is. There is something in the midst of all of that, obviously. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting, like, because that is a common concept that people have is that, oh, well, God can't, you know, be in the same place as sin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that mentality comes up a lot. And it's like, well, actually, you know, after the first one, he came to him personally. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he used to walk with him, mm-hmm. you know, like. It's just, it's kind of mind-boggling that they got to walk with God, mm. and yet they still stumbled, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and they had the, I mean, he had the guts to be like, God, this was your fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he he knew firsthand that God created all of this stuff, uh-huh. you know? Like, he, he knew God created woman out of out of him, you know, and all this stuff. Like, it's like... Wow. That dude has some guts to be like, <laughs> especially after apparently having his eyes opened, you know, like to, to knowledge of good and evil. He was like, yeah, this was all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's, it's, like, it's like when you catch your kid doing something that, you, that like you got them red-handed and they just blatantly <laughs> look at you in the face and they're like, I didn't do that. Like, why you got chocolate all over your face? You mean to tell me you didn't eat those 15 chocolate cupcakes we had? Nope. Where'd the chocolate cupcakes go? I don't know. Why you got chocolate all over your face? It's not chocolate. It's not there. Right? Like, these are are things that happen. Right. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I assume that they weren't, like, infantile in their mentality. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, to some degree, they probably were, too. You know, like... But well, I mean, we, they had never sinned before, so we see the same thing happen even with people who we presume are mature, right? Right. Like, I think about the whole um, Bill Clinton thing, right? I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. um, there's a dress to prove it. So, right. Right. <laughs> like, you yeah. busted fella. It's <laughs> like, oh, all right. You got me. Like, <laughs> what? like that yeah. is that is the first and the first intention that we have whenever we get busted is like I didn't do it. How can I get my way out of this? Right. So I'm just gonna go with it wasn't me. I didn't do it. The devil made me do it. Like I had no part in this. Um, like that that Shaggy song, right? It wasn't me. Wasn't me, right? Oh, yeah. we won't sing all those lyrics because right. this is, I guess, still yeah, bad, but a Christian podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and if you think about it, like, too, it's it's super interesting that when we just accept it, right? Like, if if that's our first response, 
is, oh man, I screwed up. Mm. It immediately goes to like this overwhelming guilt that we hate ourselves for. Mm. Like, isn't that kind of weird? I mean, like that it's it's one of those things that like, yeah, you either intentionally lie and try to deny, right, and try to get out of whatever it is, mm-hmm. or you just feel like trash when you accept that that you're guilty of something, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know. It's so the fact that people steer towards the, well, if I just lie, I won't feel like trash yet. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't have to accept any guilt, mm-hmm. even though I know I'm guilty, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's interesting. We almost get like a glimpse of the weight of our sins, you know, mm-hmm. when we accept it immediately. Yeah. We, we do, we can get to a place though, where we get numb to that guilt. Well, that's when we start lying about it, though, too. I mean, it's yeah, usually, okay, yeah. I mean, like, we, we start shifting blame. Like, even Hitler, right? Like, if you think of Hitler, he, I don't know if he started off just, like, nuts. But, like, at some point, it's got to be, like, well, I'm doing this for the greater good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a blatant lie. But you've become numb to it. Mm-hmm because you've lied to yourself enough Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's just a a permanent on setting that you've now then convinced your the numbness is you convincing yourself of the lie right right it's the lie has become so good that you've convinced yourself of it yep so yep yeah yeah it's it's good and in a lot of ways we don't want to confront the truth sometimes like um, so I, I just watched the movie The Darkest Hour. It's this kind of documentary-type movie. It's based on Winston Churchill. Uh, Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill. And I guess you kind of have to like that era and that time in history to really appreciate the movie because there's there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of character development. You get to understand who, who Winston Churchill is and, and all that good stuff. And uh, um, there is this one... They get to this one place where all of the the royal ar- the royal army, royal military, and what remains of the French military are backed up into this one small little pocket on the coast of France, and and that's Dunkirk. There's a movie called Dunkirk as well, which talks about this big rescue. But they also had forces that were in the next town over, Calais, uh, Cal- I think is how you pronounce it. Um, so. He had 4,000 troops in Calais, 300,000 troops in Dunkirk. And he basically said, we've got to sacrifice the 4,000 to keep the 300,000. And if, they, if, if Nazi Germany takes out our 300,000, we have absolutely zero defense if they want to come across the channel and, and take England. And so... There were some people who were lobbying for, well, just just go try to sign a peace treaty with Hitler. Just go, you know, go. Italy, Italy is going to um, to mediate this kind of thing, and we know that Mussolini was on Hitler's side. Like they're the the axis, so the enemies. And you know, just go, just go do all of this. And you, this is like the struggle that that Churchill's going through this whole time. Is like, man, like. I have to, like, we have to do this. Like, militarily, this is the only thing that makes sense. And so he sent sent a letter to those guys that were on the line, to the, the commander that was there, and said, you guys got to 
you guys got to make it seem like there's a whole lot more of you and you've got to take the full force of this battle so that we can get our military the rest of our military out of there and then they go out and they and enlist everybody that has a boat <laughs> and they're running back and forth to Dunkirk for what three days I think it is uh, or two days in order to get these 300,000 troops out and they get the vast majority of them out which was a major turning point in the war and, and it all came down to to some self-sacrifice that had to happen it all came down to some really hard truth that needed to be confronted it was a truth that they couldn't deliver directly to the public at that time because there would have been public outcry and it ultimately brought back around to the point and place where where churchill and i mean i don't know spirit of god doing something in him and through him or whatever just he was an incredible orator and he he rallied great britain to stand up against the war machine that was that was hitler and the nazis and it's an absolutely incredible story when you start to unpack what just like the the little details of things that needed to happen and the self-sacrifice that all of britain was willing to stand by and say the only way they're going to put a flag their flag on our land is if they kill every single one of us. That's what needs to happen right now. We recognize this evil that's in the world, and we will do everything. We will, every single person, man, woman, child, will stand against this evil if it has to be. And the only way they're going to let that happen is if they kill every single one of us. Like, I don't know, I think that took a little tangent from where we were. But I don't know. I think it can be wrapped back around. I mean, but yeah, we we bring that back around. There was self sacrifice that was was happening in the midst of that. Everyone, I mean, the U.S. was their biggest ally at that point. Everyone turned their back on him and said, "Not our war. We're yeah. not going to fight it." I mean, we obviously know what happens later on with Pearl Harbor that gets the U.S. in it. But you know, like we're we're not we're not willing to do this, even providing supplies. You know, Churchill called and and asked for um, for supplies from the U.S. and they said, well, be, because of this accord that we signed, here's what we can do: we can we can drop some of our planes near the border of Canada if you come and and drag them across the border, and then you can bring them to the U.S. And Churchill's like, what? How does that make any sense? Like, I just need your help. And there was no help to be had in that moment. And so you've got this, I mean, they were still an empire. They still had, had colonies all around the world. But they were in no position to be fighting the most advanced military in the world at that point. And somehow, some way, by the grace of God, like, they defeated Nazi Germany. Once yeah. the collective got involved. So it's right. really incredible. And, uh, yeah, I mean, World War II is, is certainly one of those, like, those, I don't know, great wars. It really is. It's There was a clear evil and wickedness in the world. And maybe some people don't see it that way. But Nazi Germany was based off of a, an atheist root and... Um, this is how we were going to operate. They were ruthless in everything that they did. And 
you you see just evil manifested in its one of its most truest forms mm. against a well seemingly underserved rest of the world that was just willing to turn a blind eye for a long time and then they got involved and you see good quote unquote triumph over evil like it really is one of the greatest wars in the history of the world yeah yeah I was thinking about something you said about Churchill. I, I'm not a history guy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know bits and pieces of history, but like the details, like what you're you're spitting, like if you told them to me in two weeks, it would be just as new to me as it is now. <laughs> and I'm sure I've learned it several times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm thinking about you know the bit that you said about him being such a great storyteller mm-hmm. and orator, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and the way that that he was able to rally a, a way outnumbered, mm-hmm. way undergunned um, group of people to to stand and and fight mm-hmm. to the last to the last person, right? Like like that's the willingness that they had mm-hmm. because of it. And I think about because we you know. You're talking about how does God talk to us? And, I mean, a lot of people call the Bible a storybook. And mm. it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. So the things in it happened, right? Mm. But, like, yeah, it's a storybook because stories rally people. Mm-hmm. Like, what? back to Dungeons & Dragons for okay. just a moment, right? So, like, Dungeons & Dragons has made this big comeback in the last couple of years, especially since Stranger since COVID Things and Stranger Things yep. and all that stuff, right? And it's just like it's exploded with the critical role, which is a bunch of uh voice actors mm-hmm. that started live streaming their D and D sessions. Um it's just super entertaining, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it's exploded. But the reason people play D and D is because the stories, man. Mm-hmm. The stories you get to help create. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're talking about how how God, you know, talks to us. How do mm-hmm. we hear God? Mm-hmm. And it's right there. Like mm-hmm. the Bible is is full of stories and, and it's relatable and and there's some funny bits and there's some sad bits. There's some mm-hmm. scary bits. There's you know, there's intrigue and there's mystery and there's um war mm-hmm. and there's, you know, scandal and and there's magic you know uh, god's power i mean mm-hmm. you know uh there's there's all kinds of amazing things that at its climax is sacrificing oneself for everyone else which is the key to you know it's it's the story you mm-hmm. know like that's every every major hero story has that mm-hmm. um but it's so crazy that this story is not just one that it was written as a book, right? This one was written over thousands of years by a bazillion authors. I don't bazillion. know how many. I don't know how many authors 40-ish. exactly. Forty-ish. Yeah. yeah. There's sixty-six books, right? Yeah. So, um, it's just I, I don't know. Like, how do how do you see that? 
as anything but God saying, here, mm-hmm. listen. And, I mean, when you really look at it, it speaks to, it speaks to the human nature yeah. so much better than anything else that we... That we, I mean, it, it is the basis for everything else that we read or consume or watch. I mean, it really is. Like, we, we just wrapped up the villain series, and every one of those villains, every one of their attributes came from somewhere in Scripture. There, there was a text. There was a parallel. There yeah. was discussion around, and we're talking about the, the biggest villains that we that we consume when it comes to comic books, movies, theater, um, you know, even some literature, like in pop culture right now, they're all from this book. We, we, the reason we understand them to be villains is because good is laid out in this book and what that looks like, and God's given us a craving for that. Yeah, one of the greatest series of, of yours and my time, you know, of the mm-hmm. millennials, uh, day and age is is Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and even she came out and said, "Look, it's riddled with me stealing stuff from the Bible." Mm-hmm. Like she came out and just said it. Yep. And I mean, it's it's a <laughs> ironically, it is was one of the most hated stories, movies, books, series by the church for so long. Mm-hmm. It's super ironic with all the you know mm-hmm. the Christ typology and all mm-hmm. that stuff riddled throughout it um but it's also one of the most read series and watched movies of at least our day you Mm -hmm. know of of the millennials age Mm -hmm. i mean i can't tell you how many times that i had friends read the entire series all the way through i'm not a reader but Mm -hmm. i've watched the movie series Mm -hmm. all the way through several times you know and i'm i'm a light rewatcher of movies whereas some people when they love something they just they binge it you know and binge it and binge it and so um but even even that one you know the the most relatable to i guess our generation um i mean the author was like yeah it i stole it from the bible Mm -hmm. you know like admitted Mm -hmm. to stealing it from the bible you know it's i don't know yep so like Harry Potter with multiple volumes in it, and the Bible that exists of multiple books, 66 of them, um, there's, there's this concept of the way God speaks to us. One is through Scripture, and then the other is through creation. So they're known as the, the two books of, I think two books of Revelation is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, there's, there's some formal name for it. I'm not there yet. Uh, <laughs> but so... Yeah, we we so often crave and desire, God, what are you telling me? God, what are you telling me? God, what are you telling me? And we don't go to the source of yeah. what he desires to tell us. Or we read it with with wrong motives or, or selfish motives. Like, we read it to affirm the thing <clears throat> we want yeah. and not to understand the thing we need. Just letting it speak to us, right? Yeah. It's a... Uh... It's like the... Have you ever seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, yeah, with Will yeah. Smith. Yeah. The little boy tells a, a a joke in it, and it's about a guy who's drowning in the middle of the ocean, boat comes, oh, right. you know, and yep. he's like, you know, God, will you save me, you know? And 
boat comes and like here we'll save you and he's like no no no, i'm waiting on god to do it and then mm-hmm. you know same thing happens and then the, the guy drowns you know and dies goes to heaven he's like well, why didn't you save me because i sent you two boats you idiot yeah. so like um it's 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 just like that yeah. you know like we we're constantly being like god why aren't you talking to me why won't you answer this this request why won't you answer this prayer that i have why why won't you answer me it's like yeah. well have you been reading yeah have you been listening yeah yeah well, i sent i sent you and will that meme this week about um you know the the one the one concept was the character saying i, I want to hear god speak to me and the other character was like well read your bible and she's like no i want to hear him speak to me audibly and he's like read your bible out loud like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was hilarious yeah absolutely i mean that's that's i mean that's part of the reason why me listening to it this time around you know i've never listened to it mm-hmm. you know um i've always been reading it but it's like consume it mm-hmm. you know consume it in different ways i mean it it hits you different when you're hearing it sometimes than when you're reading it, you know? And that's not to say that it's always, you know, the, the written, you know, what, how do, how do you, how do you say it? Like the, cause it's got like one meaning, you know, but the application sometimes can be Mm -hmm. multiple applications. Um, and it may, it may hit you a little different because of where you're going through life. Mm-hmm. And sure. you may pick up an application from it that you hadn't realized before. Mm-hmm. And that is where God is speaking to yep. you in it. And that's, that's how we hear God, yep. you know, is, is in the process of not only just reading his word, but like allowing the Holy spirit to, to interpret his word for us. Yep. Right. Like that's part of this. That's, that's part of the whole reason we have the Holy spirit is so that, he can discern things with and for us, you know. Yep. So well, and that's how we really understand the text too, right? Right. We can we can read it all day long, and and you think about, um, I don't know. You kind of can even think about uh, Philip and the eunuch when he's like, "I'm reading this, and I don't have anybody to explain it to me." Right. It's because he's not been given the Holy Spirit yet. So right. he he goes, he gets baptized, and then I mean, we never hear from him ever again. But it's like it's presumed that at that point the the text begins to speak to him in a very different and and diverse way. And that's really cool is that God gives us a translator for the text as well. It's like when you're committed to him, you confess and repent, claim Christ as Lord, you get baptized, and he promises this incredible advocate who's going to come and, and operate on our behalf, keep us out of the, the off of the landmines and help us to have this great revelation through the text. And you're absolutely right that it's all about, it's not read it once and you're done. Right. Like, this is, this. it is a lifelong endeavor, and it, it's really cool. Um, you know, one of our elders here, one of our eldest elders, he came into the office the other day, and he's like, you know, have you ever just started reading through Scripture, and you're like, I've never, I've never read that before. And this is a guy right around 70, been in the church longer than I've been alive, yeah. Probably read the Bible more times than you can count on hands, feet, you know, and others, your friends' hands and feet. And he's like, I, I just saw something that 
I know I've read before and but never saw it before. Like right. it never spoke to me until this right. moment. And uh, and I encounter a lot of that when I'm sermon prepping, especially. And isn't that crazy? Because like you and I have both been to Bible college, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you had a class where you had to read chunks of scripture oh, and yeah. write papers on it, right? So like we, I had, I probably have written papers on every chunk of scripture there is whether mm-hmm. that was i had to read the entire book and write a paper on it or mm-hmm. whatever you know um and so yeah there's plenty of times that i'm going through things going oh i don't remember this being in here you know <laughs> like or whoa that makes a whole lot more sense now that i'm focusing on a different part you know i'm yeah. not you know and you're just I, at a different place in life right that and and i'm doing it for a different reason yeah that's true right i yeah. mean like at first, when you're, especially when you're in Bible college, you're like, okay, I need to consume, 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 mm-hmm. so that I have all of this wisdom and all of this knowledge, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, once you're out in life and you're you're reading, you're reading scripture as a daily meditation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole different ballgame mm-hmm. because it's not you doing any of it, you know. At that right. point, it's right. not you trying to gain all this knowledge and wisdom, it's you having a relationship and things just pop out and explode at you. Like, um, that's been a big struggle of mine in my, in my Mm -hmm. life too, is that like, I thought, well, I've read the whole Bible a couple times over. I know most of the concepts Mm -hmm. that I need to know to, to share with anybody. And so I've, I've so often put reading scripture on a back burner Mm -hmm. and then, um, getting in the men's discipleship group was like, a game changer because now I'm being challenged every mm-hmm. single week. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been in your word? Have you been, you know, in prayer and never struggled with prayer? Mm-hmm. Prayer, my prayer life is awesome. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely have a great prayer life, but man, scripture has been, been rough, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the last couple of years. And so, uh, just going through and having the accountability, it's been like, the Bible is actually exploding off the pages mm-hmm. at me again, which is is a cool thing to get to experience. But I mean, that's that's it, man. That that that's it right yep. there. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. God, God still actively speaks to us. Granted, there's no new revelation from the text standpoint, but we say it. I think every week, there's nothing new under the sun, and we see how even. Even some issues that that you just kind of observed are just are so fundamental in the text as well. You know, yeah. so, something like um, something like uh, the need for community and relationship versus the desire to always be the main character, and it drips off the pages of scripture. Yeah, and and so it's like this isn't a new concept. There's nothing new about this. And I don't know, I, I kind of wonder, too, eh, if we're the most biblically illiterate culture, or we're in the most biblically illiterate time in the history of the world right now. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that we've just never gotten beyond ourselves. Yeah, like We've just never gotten beyond the core principles of what the Bible says we are and who we are and how we, how we work, because we, we don't keep going back to it. We don't keep going back to the well to, to drink of yeah. that living water. We we get through it once, and we're like, all right, I did that, been there, done it. And then we 
we just hang it up. I, I, I typically get on a, a read through the Bible in a year reading plan every year, and I've done that, I don't know, I don't know how many years. And I, I couldn't count how many times I've read through the Bible. Is that what you post on Facebook? Yep, okay. it's whatever I, I read through that day. It's usually some, some thought from that. But that's your reading plan? Is this, yeah, it's... yeah there's, there's usually a few chapters of Old Testament, chapter of New Testament, and then a psalm or a proverb. Yeah, a chapter of Psalms or Proverbs that'll that'll pop up. Um, so, yeah, and and I still it's like sometimes I get in that rut where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm reading, this, especially beginning of the year. It's like uh, starting in Genesis again, and yeah. then it's like I know I've got two months of Gospels, so it's like not only am I going to read through Matthew, but then we go right into right into Luke. Or right into Mark, right into Luke, right into John. So now I read through all four Gospels right at the beginning of the year, and it's like, I know this stuff. Like, I've read this stuff a hundred times. And inevitably, there's one of those things where it's like, hmm, man, I've read these things a hundred times. Like, right. how come I never saw that before? Or how come this is speaking in a different way? Yeah. And it's it's incredible when you just keep going back to it and – don't put yourself in that situation where you think, oh, I've been there and I've done that and I don't need it anymore. Because, man, I feel like the more you go back to it, the more you continue, like you just uncover and unearth yeah. about how amazing th- this text is. The reading plan that I'm going through is is a three-year mm-hmm. plan. It's one chapter a day. Mm-hmm. Sit. Um, but, man, I found myself re-listening to chapters like mm. three, four, five times mm-hmm. just to fully try to consume that chapter, yep. which is crazy. I mean, because it's mostly Old Testament, you know. That yeah, I'm, where you're at right I'm now. Yeah. Eating, you know, and it's like, I mean, you'll have like three or four days of Old Testament, and then you, you'll get a day of New Testament, maybe two, you know, and then every once in a while they sprinkle in some, you know, <laughs> Psalms or Proverbs or whatever. Mm. Um, but it... Man, just the one a day. I find myself wanting to re-listen to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. versus the, okay, I've got three chapters. I've got to grind mm-hmm. through this, you yeah, know, it, so it that can, I can, it can make be sure a, I do it, you know. Yeah, it's like, this is the point where it's like you got to maybe learn to swim before you get in the deep end, you know. Yeah. And this is just one of those things that I've been conscious of. Like, yeah. all right, I know I... <clears throat> I desire to spend 20, 25, 30 minutes reading scripture every day. Right. And this is what seems to satisfy that. And I've been in places, usually beginning of every year, I'll be like, ah, man, I really don't want to go back to what I know the beginning of the year is going to bring. I don't want to read through Genesis again. I don't want to read through the, through the, um, through the gospels again right now. So it's like, all right, let me, let me find an epistle and read through one of the epistles. Let me read through, I get so intrigued by the the minor prophets in the Old Testament because like we don't ever spend time there. Right, so right. it's like let me just I just want to focus on that for a little while, and then inevitably it's like there's not enough there where it's like all right I got to go back to this thing where I I just want to spend more time in it, and and I get it like you've got to you've got to pull away and you've got you do have to spend time reflecting, and sometimes it only needs to be a verse. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's oh, the yeah, best that's place true. to start is like, let's just start with a verse a day 
what can I read? And if you have the the Bible app, it gives you a verse a day. Right. It's like, right. let me just take this one thing. I can I can tap the Bible app and take the, I don't know, seven seconds it takes to read that verse of the day, and I can just chew on that for and the, the rest. forms of the day. I have it too. Yep. Which is very important. Um, yep. It's funny. Uh, kind of wrapping it all all together with you know the the kickoff talking about how you know i noticed in dungeons and dragons that playing online that it's you know we we're very selfish in that we're the main character right and all that and um but when you break that mold and you sit back and let somebody else shine Mm -hmm. in the storytelling of it you know you're there you're a part of it but you don't try to make your character front and center. You don't try to go for that last kill mm-hmm. or whatever. You let somebody else just have their moment. Like the storytelling you start noticing is the story is so much more amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's so true with just life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you stop thinking me first and you start thinking about others and you start thinking, trying to see people through God's eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and how much more grand is the story of creation mm-hmm. and, and the world that is, um, I mean, Bible even says like, if no one worshiped God, even the trees and mm-hmm. the rocks would cry out. Mm-hmm. It can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, it's just, Something beautiful to look for and listen to and just step back and let somebody else be more important than you mm-hmm. every once in a while. I yep. mean, I'm not saying you can't, you know, be you. You can't have your importance at times, but whenever it's a collective importance with a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, within Christ, it's it's so much better of a life. Yep. Yep. I mean, life life has so much more reason to be here i yeah. and i think that's that's why paul said like i'm here for you guys yep you know i i am here like it would be awesome to go to heaven now but like i'm here to see all of this mm. to be here for all of this you yep. know and so yep. yeah yeah it's, it's good man i mean we we find it in the text and the cool thing is is the more we we begin to understand the written word, the more we see God's revelation in the world around us too. And, and that's where when we, when we start to sit and look and think and slow down and stop and listen to, um, listen to that whisper. Like we, we get lost sometimes in the, in the fire. Like I'm going back to that moment when Elijah is on the mountain and he's just wondering like, God, where are you? Yeah. And God says, I'm going to pass before you. And he knows uh, the the wind comes and it just rages, like howling. Like I I, fic- I, I picture like Category 5 hurricane winds yeah. that are happening. And it's like freight train, like 10 freight trains barreling down. I've never been through Category 5, but that's what everybody tell me. Like yeah. when you're in a hurricane, it's just this, this freight train sound. God's not in that. He wasn't in that in that moment. He's spoken like that before, but he wasn't in that in that moment. And then you've got the earthquake. It's like, well, God, God wasn't in that. And then you've got the fire. And 
fire is one of those weird things because I don't know if you've ever been around a really large fire, but it's almost deafening how it just sucks in all of the sound around it. And it's it's such a weird mm. sound that you get from it. Yeah. And so it's like you, you've got the... And God wasn't in that. And then there was this this gentle breeze that just blew by, and that's where the Spirit of God was. And that's that's where Elijah heard him. And so sometimes we get caught up in all of the the, the noise around us, the mm. crazy, the chaos, the, the disaster around us, that we miss God, the thread that God is speaking to us through that, that still small voice, through that gentle breeze that is blowing. And the only way we're going to find that is when we, we push pause on the entirety of life. Be still just, and know. Right. When we're still and we know, right? And... God reveals himself in a really yeah. cool way at that time when we step into those moments. They don't have to be few and far between either. They can be they can be relatively common occurrences if we're willing to just step back and listen. Mm-hmm. And you'll see God moving in the midst of of his creation. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, we've gone on a journey today. And I don't know where you stand on things like your desire for communion, your desire for connection and community. Uh, it exists inside of you. That's the thing. Like if you're trying, if you try to fill that void with other things and you just walk away restless wondering what it is, that's the thing inside of you that you desire. And, and know that, that, that it's, it's God. It's the communion with God, the community with God that you desire. And uh, if you don't know what, what that looks like, like we'd love to, to chat with you more. You can hit us up on social media. You can hit us up. You can send us an email. We'd love to, to chat with you that way too. Uh, truthresponse.com or the, Nope, thetruthresponse at gmail.com. There you go, Jimmy. Um, so you can hit us up that way. And, uh, and man, maybe, maybe you've just been running too long trying to make yourself the, the main character in a story that you're not the main character of. Maybe you just needed somebody to tell you that. Guess what? You're not the main character. I'm not. Derek's not. None of us are. The creator of the universe is. And, uh, and the really cool thing is he's going to make his, his name known whether you want to be a part of that or not. So, um, man, I pray, I pray that you end up on the good side of that as well. So God is good. He speaks to us. He's living. He's active. He's present in his word, and he's present in his creation if you're just willing to slow down for a few minutes and listen. Y'all, it's been an awesome time with you, and I can't wait to chat with y'all again next week. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.